We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. That quote is from Dr. Seuss, and one more quote before we get started today. A pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. And that quote is from Winston Churchill. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Joven Hundle, and today's theme is The Gift of Optimism. Hello, and I'm Jack Polakos. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are uh, charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you too can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. Be The Star You Are needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. We have launched our Operation Wildfire Disaster Relief Fund and desperately need donations to help ship much-appreciated books to victims. Please donate today at www.bethestarur.org. You can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. Additionally, our brand new book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, is available now at cynthiabryan.com slash online store, where you can also find the other two anthologies we've published in the past. We also have a special treat for you all to start off the hour. We have one of our amazing Express Yourself producer, Cynthia Bryan's chapters in that new anthology for our first segment. Cynthia is the founder of Be The Star You Are and has worked tirelessly for almost 20 years with BTSYA to promote literacy and positive message media. She is a gardening aficionado who is also an accomplished author, empowerment architect, and acting coach. We're extremely honored to have her chapter for today's first segment. And without further ado, here is The Gift of Optimism by Cynthia Bryan. It had been a tragic and traumatic 18 months. My house flooded when I was on vacation with family. Both my sister and my mother died within three months of one another. My husband underwent radiation therapy for cancer, and I endured spinal surgery after a serious back injury. Despite the sadness and the challenges, I found myself extremely optimistic. It is amazing what happens when you decide to look at life with rose-colored glasses. Through all the turmoil, I focused on the positive and was determined to find the rainbow after the rain. Although there were bumps in the road, working with our home insurance company and the reconstruction of our interiors entailed over nine months, the end result was that the adjusters and the company helped us feel whole again. The contractor I hired became a trusted friend and a devoted donor to Be The Star You Are charity. My sister's two daughters and their families are thriving and have opened an online boutique to honor their mother, Cowboy Nani. My husband is doing well and working after his therapy, and my spinal surgery was a success. I am once again as energetic and active as ever. As for my mother, she is a legend and forever immortalized in TV history. For 30 years, my mom had religiously watched the TV game show Wheel of Fortune. As most devoted viewers probably do, she felt a personal connection with Pat Sajak, um, forgive my pronunciation, and Vanna White. It was her greatest desire to meet them both, although the odds were stacked against that reality. Friends and family knew not to call my mom weekdays during the half hour when the program aired, or they get this curt answer. Sorry, I can't talk right now because I'm watching Wheel of Fortune. Please call back later. One of the top items on her bucket list for three decades had been to visit the set as part of the audience. Living on a ranch in Northern California without any ties to the show, she was certain that meeting her idols was one bucket list item that will never be crossed out. But lucky for her, 
My son-in-law was a contestant on the program and invited her to be one of his four special guests. When he won, I asked the producer if it would be possible for my mom to get a photo with Pat and Vanna as a memento. Next thing I knew, Pat came up to me and asked, "Do you think your mom would want to play um, would want to play Vanna for the ending of our show?" I excitedly retorted, "Play Vanna? She thinks she is Vanna." And as they say, the rest is history. Just four months before her death, the program aired with my mom standing on the stage of Wheel of Fortune, holding hands with Pat Sajak as he referred to her as Vanna. It was the first and only time in the history of the program that anyone other than Vanna had waved bye-bye. Bucket list accomplished. No matter who you are or where you come from, you will have setbacks and challenges in your life. It is not what happens to us that decides our character, it is how we respond to events and circumstances. Many studies have shown that those who are positive and have an optimistic outlook on life are less stressed and experience happier moments. More importantly, optimists tend to be healthier and recover from illnesses more rapidly. Longevity tends to tilt towards people with optimistic outlooks. One of my favorite studies was that of the Healthy Baseball Hall of Famers who played between 1900 and 1950. Who lived the longest? Yes, the optimists and positive players won the game of longevity. We have choices in life. We can be optimistic or we can be pessimistic. We can see our glasses as half-filled or as half-empty. Many pessimists will insist that they are realists, but I disagree. Reality is what we believe to be true, and I choose to believe that I am the captain of my ship. We can't control all outcomes, but we can always find a positive spin to every situation. Optimists believe that, despite what's going on, good times and great results are on the horizon. A story that I've often retold in lectures to demonstrate the difference between being optimistic and pessimistic pessimistic is the following. Two young boys are required to clean the manure from two different stalls. The boy in the first stall becomes angry and despondent over the amount of shoveling. The boy in the second stall is happy and singing. When asked why is he so joyful, he responds, With all of this manure, there has to be a pony in here somewhere. Choose to see the ponies of your life and you are guaranteed more bliss despite any tragedies or disappointments. And here's an exercise to increase your optimism. This exercise is called Pony Up. The next time you face glacial stumbling blocks in your daily life, take a breath, stop, and look. Listen. What choice can you make that would turn this challenge into a stepping stone? Are you looking on the dark side of the moon? Why not try a sunnier outlook? Put a smile on your face and start digging the dung. There may be a little pony hidden in plain sight. Everything doesn't always work out as well as we planned, but sometimes a different path may appear resulting in an auspicious outcome that we never could have imagined. Have faith. You can make your dreams come true. Just be an optimist. A quote by Lucille Ball, one of the things I learned the hard way was that it doesn't pay to get discouraged. Keeping busy and making optimism a way of life can restore your faith in yourself. Wow, that was a very powerful chapter. I think it's fascinating that, you know, when life gets you down, obviously she went through tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, but this chapter sort of shows that, you know, how it kind of addressed in the chapter that pessimists call themselves realists. So what Cynthia endured here kind of proves that that that's not the case. So as an optimist, she came out of this strong and she took what life threw at her and made the most of a bad situation. Yeah, um, that's definitely a really good talent to have, I think. And I, I honestly think that it kind of is a talent to be able to turn a bad situation into a positive one because it's it's definitely a lot easier to look at the dark side of things and just kind of be gloomy and mope on about something bad that happened. And, you know, let's say your car got scratched or something, or, you know, obviously that's not as on the same scale as like losing a loved one, but that like, that's just an example. And then it's easy to just be all upset about it and, you know, just constantly be crabby. Like, Oh, why did someone have to hit my car and, you know, just have a negative attitude, but you can always find optimism in every situation. And, you know, maybe you get a new coat of paint on your car and it looks a lot better than it did before. And then, you know, that's just like something that you could be optimistic about. So I think this chapter really, you know, just demonstrates that it's important to be optimistic. And then I also wanted to uh, add to this that a lot of like some people that are really in need of optimistic or, uh, you know, optimism are 
the people obviously that uh, have been hit by the recent hurricanes and the wildfires and Be The Star You Are's charity is helping to donate to um, those disasters. So I think it would help them to be a little bit more optimistic if, you know, they had more supplies and stuff so that their future was looking a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, with the Operation Wildfire Disaster Relief, I believe it's um, well over $8,000 worth of books that we've already sent to these um, victims of the tragedies. And now we're turning our attention to Hurricane Florence and the East Coast. And so, um, yeah, you know, just kind of taking it back to something you said when you're talking about how optimism is actually sort of a skill. You know, I absolutely agree with that. It just takes one optimistic person to help other people who might not be as optimistic naturally, but can be trained that way. I think um, you can make the case that, you know, optimism is contagious. And so I think that also ties into how you're saying with our disaster relief um, operations, wherein if you donate, if you help us get these books to victims, which are all, by the way, positive message media books, um, we want to keep spreading optimism and positivity then you are kind of spreading optimism just by helping us with these Operation Disaster Relief programs. So, yeah, I think that it's definitely is a skill, a talent, exactly like how you were saying. Yeah, optimism, um, I, I know in school, like, from a really young age, uh, like, even in kindergarten, that's when they kind of start teaching you traits and just the general, I guess, rules that you should be aware of, like, integrity and the golden rule like treat others the way you want to be treated all of that stuff and I've kind of remember that optimism was you know they mentioned it but it's not really made out to be as big of a deal and as important as it really is because having a positive outlook on anything can really just change the entire course of the rest of however that scenario would go like if you um, failed a test or something and then you had an optimistic outlook saying, oh, that's only the first test. I just failed that. Um, may I just didn't study hard enough. Maybe from now on, I- I'm going to use this as an opportunity to study harder. And now that I know that I have to work harder, I won't make this mistake in the future. So, you know, you're using it as a positive opportunity rather than just thinking that you failed a test. And then that means that every test from now on, you're going to fail. So there's no point in even trying So optimism obviously has an impact on the way that you handle your situations after something negative happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you bring up something important there about how, you know, this is definitely something that we should be teaching uh, the young generation, whether it's kids, whether it's teens, to um, learn to be optimistic. Because with so many sources of stress out there now for kids, it's definitely a very, very important skill to have. And so, yeah, that was an excellent chapter. I want to thank Cynthia for penning it, and I hope as many lessons on optimism will come in handy for our audience. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this segment, but listeners, be sure to support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. We have lots of fun events coming up, so make sure to also check out BeTheStarYouAre.org and follow our blog. I'm Joven Hundel. And I'm Jack Palacos. Watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. In addition, the author of this chapter, Cynthia Bryan, has just authored a brand new book, Growing With The Goddess Gardener. It's now available at cynthiabryan.com slash online dash store with 25% of all proceeds benefiting Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself. At the same site, you can purchase the anthology Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, which this chapter is actually from. Make sure to keep listening as we continue our show on the gift of optimism. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our show. I'm Jovan Hundle, and this is Express Yourself Teen Radio with today's theme, Celebrating Gifts of Optimism. I'm Jack Palacos. For this segment, we will be taking to the author Lehman Riley. Lehman is the author of the series of books, The Adventures of Papa Lemon's Little Wanderers, featuring their grandfather, Papa Lemon. He also has written two new books. The two most recent books are Abe Lincoln and the Battle with Depression and Bullying. His Papa Lemon books have exhibited at over 100 events in 23 cities across the United States. He has spoken to 19,000 students, and we are thrilled to have him on the show. With that, welcome to the show, Lehman. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And I just wanted to jump right into this. What made you be, or like, what made you decide to become a children's book author? What made me decide to be a children's book author is, um, well, when I first started writing these stories was back in 1991, and I had two young kids at the time, and uh, in the schools, they didn't have much books on diversity so the kids could see themselves, and I wanted to have uh, all kids to be able to see themselves as they're learning about history, because when I was younger, it was pretty uh, boring because I didn't see myself in... I always would daydream about my grandfather, Papa Lemon, and I always would wonder what it was like for him because he grew up in 1800s in Mississippi, and I always heard these stories about him when he was younger. And so I was so fascinated about my grandfather. I always wanted to keep his memory alive. So uh, 1991 was when I created the first Papa Lemon book, and it was uh, about Dr. King and five friends go back in time, five diverse friends go on Papa Lemon's magical train, and they visit Dr. King at the I Have a Dream speech. Interesting. So, so the reason why I did it is because I wanted kids to see themselves as they learn about history to make it more exciting. So the cast are five friends of uh, different race, uh, African-American, Native American, Hispanic American and European American. So they all are best friends and they were just bored with history. And that's how they learned about history. And that's how I spun this in my mind to make these stories. Interesting. And um, I want to ask you then about, you know, like history exposure to children. So with a lot of, you know, schools, a lot of academics, um, they're not, I guess you could say, putting as much of an emphasis on history education for kids. Do you think history education is something that should be expanded on? But yeah, it needs to because there's so much that's not heard of in history. Um, you know, I, as I started writing these stories, um, one of my favorite stories that I wrote is on the uh, Navajo Wind Talkers. And I didn't learn of the Navajo Wind Talkers until I was an adult and I was... Uh, uh, on the History Channel one day, and I, like, heard this story, and I thought it was so fascinating. And I knew I had never heard of it, and I was like, what are the chances for other kids to hear about these great soldiers that did so much for us in World War II? So, uh, yeah, we really need to expand more cultural history so kids can see their likeness and have more pride in their culture and let them know that uh, America was built uh, with each culture handprint in it instead of just the uh, regular history that we see in the classroom. And I notice when I go to classrooms that kids get so excited because they hear stories of uh, different leaders and events in history, such as, uh, like I mentioned, uh, the Navajo Wind Talkers. And one of my favorite ones, another favorite is uh, Babe Diedrichson. And it's so funny when I ask the kids, have you ever heard of Babe Diedrichson? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's this baseball player, and he played baseball. And I'm like, well, Babe did play baseball, but Babe did more than baseball. Babe played baseball, basketball, a swimmer, Olympic gold medalist in the 1932 Olympics. And one other thing, Babe Dietrichson was a woman. And the kids get so blown away that uh, Babe Dietrichson was a woman that did all of these great uh, sports and was one of our greatest athletes of all time. So I, I like to get 
stories that aren't as well known in in the classroom so kids would get thinking and like, oh, wow, I never heard of that before, so they can go research more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that being more interesting as I'm, you know, a student in school now. So whenever during history, if uh, I'm listening to something that I'd never heard of before versus something that's kind of review from like eighth grade or something, mm-hmm. uh, then yeah, it's yeah, a lot more yeah. interesting hearing something for the first time, especially something uh, that you just never, you know, just something kind of completely random because then, you know, you just mm-hmm. get to thinking and you're just like, wow, that's really cool. I, I never knew that. And I think that's a cool aspect about history is just that it has this element of surprise that can just happen at any time, even if you think that it's, you know, like um, you're learning in a textbook and you're like, oh, this is kind of predictable. This happens. And then that leads to this and that leads to this. Um, Like suddenly there can just be like random surprises out of nowhere, which kind of makes it interesting. And it's kind of funny, too, Mm -hmm. because a couple weeks ago we had um, some we had another guest who was talking about the same kind of thing, how people aren't stressing the importance of history enough and like the unconventional history that isn't just in textbooks. And I just, I was curious, like, um, you know, just on the topic of coming up with ideas and stuff like that, where do you get your inspiration for some of your story ideas? Well, first and foremost, it's my grandfather, you know, because he was such a, to me, such a, uh, the icon for me. I mean, he was so unique and my grandfather, Papa Lemon, uh, just the way he carried himself and the way he told stories and the way we would talk when I was, I only had him for 10 years. And, uh, but those 10 years that I had with him was so impactful, how he always made me feel like I was his special grandchild. And he always would give me the time and the attention while we would play checkers and, you know, go to Miss Annie B's general store while we're in Mississippi and drink ice cold Dr. Peppers. And so I wanted to always keep his legacy alive and honor my grandfather. So with these stories, I wanted to, um, you know, use him in a way to be everyone's grandfather. And so I was like, how can I make Papa Lemon be that history icon? You know, it's like Dr. Seuss and Cat in a Hat. I wanted people to think of history and Papa Lemon. And so when I come up with these stories, I think of stories that I, as I, when I was in the third grade, what I would think about back in the day and how I would want these stories to be relevant today so these kids can um, see themselves. So I just thought, like, you know, what I thought about when I was in the third grade, not knowing that I would be writing these stories. You know, I never thought I was going to be a writer or an author or anything like that. I was just a a very good daydreamer when I was in the third grade, which would get me in trouble (laughs) because I would (laughs) always wonder, you know, what was Papa Lemon like when he was younger? You know, I knew he was a really good horseman and he was a really good handyman. So he built his own home, had his own land in Mississippi. He uh, had over 200 acres in Mississippi, which was very rare for a black man. And he was the first black man in Mississippi to have a car. So in the 1920s, he had his, like, uh, Model T, and, you know, he would help out the community and other families. So uh, the stories that I heard of him back then when he was younger and how he would do so much for the community, it was just such an inspiration, and I thought he was such a huge man when I was a kid to me. You know, and because when I walked down the streets of Mississippi, all I would hear is, hey, Papa Lemon, hey, Lemon from black and white. So I thought Papa Lemon was a celebrity. So I just wanted to, uh, in creating these stories, bring Papa Lemon back to life because I, he passed away in 1973. And uh, I just wanted to keep his memory and his legacy strong and let people all over this country know who my grandfather was. And so with the twist of the stories, I use like um, uh, the first story was like Dr. King. And, uh, you know, naturally everybody know who Dr. King was, but then we went down to Harriet Tubman because I wanted to make the stories exciting and want the kids to feel where the, the, the story's taking them. So with Harriet Tubman, the kids actually go back and visit, but in that visit they get captured. 
and then they get sold as slaves, and then they had to find their way out by learning the slave songs and how the slaves used to escape. So it's a really exciting story. And, you know, going to, um, you know, with the uh, California Gold Rush, and I want each kid's culture to um, uh, pretty much be the lead in that story. So like in the California Gold Rush, um, Carlos, who's the protector in the book, and he's the one kid who's Hispanic. It's almost uh, around his life, his family's life. And um, the um, Babe Dietrichson is um, Nikki's hero. And so Nikki is uh, African-American. Nikki is actually my daughter. And I wanted her to be in the book as well as Carlos as my son. So Nikki was a fan of Babe Dietrichson, so we sort of mirrored her athletic ability with Babe Dietrichson's athletic ability and had a chance to go back and visit uh, Babe Dietrichson. I just try to make the stories exciting and fun so the readers can think they're there. So that's how I do my stories, you know. So the last two was uh, depression, childhood depression, and it's talking about Abraham Lincoln's battle with depression. And a lot of people didn't know that he was severely depressed. And so why I wrote that book is as I go through um, so many schools and I meet so many students, I see their emotional struggles that they're having. And um, my own daughter actually battled depression. And so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to write this story, because I didn't know anything about depression. I was like, you know, when she had her out with depression, I'm like, why are you depressed? And that's the one thing you don't say to someone who's battling depression, you know, because they don't understand why they're going through it. And it's just so many different uh, reasons why people can be depressed. So I had to get educated on that. And so learning that it's chemical imbalance or it could be a trauma. Some kids can uh, battle with it. Uh, so, you know, it could be like some people will take a, a, a loss really hard and will spiral into a depression and stuff like that. So there's so many different uh, ways that we can help kids with depression. We hear so much about the celebrities who are battling depression and, you know, it's a horrible thing. And, you know, we ought to think about the kids that are also battling this depression. I mean, we lost a lot of great celebrities like Andrew Bourdain and uh, Kate Spade and the great Robin Williams but there's so many more people that are battling that, and it's such a hard thing to see. And, you know, when you first don't understand it and how to deal with it, it was such a battle to to uh, understand that one with, uh, when I was dealing with that with my daughter. So I wanted to write this book and open eyes for families and schools that there is a way to, you know, be showing more empathy and letting kids understand that you're not the one to to save that kid, but you can direct them to uh, the right person for that help. So I had a NAMI. It's called National Alliance on Mental Illness. They heard of me writing this book, and uh, they actually uh, endorsed this book and uh, had this book on the um, on their radar to... Uh, say that people really need to use this book in the classrooms because it really helps students with uh, how to uh, cope with uh, depression and with empathy and so forth. And my recent book is on bullying, and uh, that's a book that I'm really excited about. I just got that one out last week, and uh, it's, uh, you know, with all the, <laughs> what's going on in the country today with all these mean talk on cyber and, you know, on internet and all this stuff, all this bullying is just way out of control. So I thought, you know, maybe I should write a book. I wrote this book in 2016 before the elections, and it's funny because uh, the characters in the book is, uh, uh, the bullies is called Donnie and Bonnie, and they are bullying a little Hispanic girl from Mexico. And um, she is really struggling in the classroom trying to work with her English and everything. So um, I wanted to reach out to this, uh, the little girl, the, the, the feelings that she was going through with this bullying. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, definitely. Uh, how uh, uh, sorry. Um, I mean, this is all really fascinating and important stuff, but 
uh, we're out of time in this segment, so we're going to have to continue it right back up in the next segment. So everyone just stay with us, and we'll be right back. So um, to find out more about Lehman Riley, please visit his website at www.paypalemoonedu.com. I don't really know how to pronounce it. It's spelled P-A-P-A-L. Or, oh, oh, it's paypalemonedu.com. Sorry. Okay. Um, uh, thank you. I'm Jack Palacos. And I'm Joe Van Hundle. Make sure to also visit BeTheStoryYouAre.org for more information about our show and other events. And make sure to keep listening as we continue our enlightening discussion on the gift of optimism. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our inspirational and uplifting show. Today... Us at Express Yourself Teen Radio are all about the gift of optimism. And like I was saying last time, but <laughs> horribly mispronounced the website, Lehman's Riley's web- website is papalemonedu.com, and papa is spelled P-A-P-A, not P-O-P-P-A. Um, I'm Jack Palacos. And I'm Jovan Hundle. And for this next segment, we'll be continuing our conversation with our guest, Lehman Riley, who's the author of the... Uh, a Papa Lemon series. Um, it's a historical fiction series where a racially diverse cast goes back to on time to learn about our nation's diverse heritage. Um, the National Alliance on Mental Illness and a child therapist have written positive reviews about the book, um, Abe Lincoln and the Battle with Depression. And yeah, because these books, they talk about depression, they talk about bullying in a way that you know parents and kids can digest easily and make sure and they make sure to make. Wear, sorry, raise awareness of this important struggle that many people go through with depression. Um, and so, yeah, with that, let's welcome Lehman back onto the show. Hi, Lehman. Hey, all right. How you doing? I'm great. We're okay, happy, we're happy talking, yeah, we're talking about that, uh, the bullying book and uh, my most recent book, and uh, that is uh, a really exciting book that I, I can't wait to get it circulated because it's touching on a, a little girl named Anna who is from Mexico, and her, she's very talented, and she's an artist, and, you know, she wants to be a lawyer, and so uh, she's being bullied by uh, the two twins, Donnie and Bonnie. Um, she gets the help from the little wanderers and let her know that, hey, you know, we got your back, and, you know, we are with you, and we want to help you uh, achieve your goals and learn more English, so they become her friends, and as they do that, they... Um, uh, told Papa Lemon about the situation, and Papa Lemon was like giving wise words of like, okay, well, you know, bullying has always been a part of American history, and you know, these phones that we have are, you know, one of the greatest inventions that we have, but it can be one of the most dangerous things that we have because it can do so much good, but then it can also do bad with. Uh, cyberbullying and everything. So he suggested the kids go back to 1953 to California, and they ended up at Huntington Beach. And they're experiencing the life of California to see what the bullying is like there because it was so much different. 
And as they get there, the bullying they seen is like, you know, the kicking in the sand, kicking sand into kids' faces by the, the big bullies and stuff like that. Nothing like uh, the cyberbullying. But in that moment when the kid was doing that, he happened to uh, bully a, 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 a judge. And her name was Rosa Alvarez. And, you know, so they, he did not know that he was doing something to a judge. And he continued on being a bully throughout the day and ended up and, uh, picked up by the police and taken back to the courthouse where he meets Judge Alvarez. And she says, oh, young man, you know, have you learned your lesson about bullying and this and that? So we, she goes through all of the uh, uh, choices and consequences of bullying where this young man had to deal with the consequences of his bullying. So it's a really cool story. When I wrote this, it was uh, around 2016, and uh, I wrote it because when, when Prince passed away, and I was like, oh, I had to do something to add Prince into this story because he was sort of like a friend of my brother's back in the day before he was really big, and you know, so I wanted to honor him in my book. So how how Anna learns how to speak English is through Prince music. So uh, she's an artist, and she made a nice painting of Prince in her bedroom, and the little wanderers came over to see it, and she you know, let them know her talent of artist, artistry. And, you know, so she said, yeah, how I learn music is through Prince, and English is through Prince, and so that's one of my favorite singers. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to Prince in my book. So, uh, but with this book, I always have a... Have a uh, page in the back for kids to write about if they've ever been bullied and how did they resolve it so they can get it out instead of leaving that fester inside of my face. I really believe once you can put something to pen to get it out of you, it gives you a healing opportunity to release that instead of holding it into into you. So so it's just a fester inside of you. So once you put pen to paper, if something's really bothering you, it's released and you can go on. So hopefully the kids can use that to um, use their um, uh, pain to get the sting of bullying away. So, yeah, that's my book on bullying. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good um, topic to write about, honestly. I think that people kind of don't want to touch on bullying sometimes just because it can kind of be uh, a touchy subject if you're really like diving into it but I think it's something that really needs to be addressed and it's it because bullying uh, as many like programs as there are and stuff to prevent bullying you know like it still goes on regardless just because you mm-hmm. know kids are mean and um, yep. I think it's it's really important too to kind of spread that message to uh, not bully from a really young age because um you know, obviously, I feel like teenagers, if there's, like, older kids that are bullies or, let's say, they're getting bullied, um, I feel like school programs aren't really as effective just because teenagers aren't really as open to listening to that type of stuff. Right. But I yep. think mm-hmm. for little kids with their minds or, you know, they're still so innocent and kids still have such an open mind and they're so naive, like, to the world that if they're reading a, a book that's talking about teaching the lessons of why you shouldn't bully, especially in like a fun, a fun way, you know, like about Abe Lincoln, Abe Lincoln in the battle with depression, you know, something like a fun children's book that would be more interesting for them to read. I think it's, you know, it's just a better way to spread that message. Yeah. And, and and with, I'm sorry, but with that, you hit the nail right on the head because uh, with the, the depression book, I found a lot of parents, they were sort of like nervous to get that book because they thought, if I get this book, my kids will have depression and they'll, they'll act out that way. But that is so far from the truth. And it's just a book on how to understand it and how to see the signs of depression. Because I had, with my daughter, I didn't know the signs. And after I learned more about it, I'm like, oh, my God, it was in front of me, but I didn't know she was depressed. I mean, it could be signs are like uh, moodiness. Um, You know, she used to be masking. You know, someone could come to the house and she'd be so happy and, oh, give them a hug. And then when they leave, she would just snap and just be so 
angry. And, you know, she would be like, her room would just be cluttered because she just couldn't get her brain right. She couldn't sleep. And she, her mind was always racing. So these are signs that kids are going through anxiety, depression. And it's like, oh, my God, I didn't know that one was. Because I go, clean up your room, pick up your clothes. You know, why, are you, why is your room so messy? And so that's why I wanted to use this Abraham Lincoln and Papa Lemon to you talk about this uh, depression because uh, I used Papa Lemon going back in time to be, a, he was a friend with Abraham Lincoln when they were kids and, you know, they used to wrestle and fish together. But then he went back a second time before his assass- assassination when Abraham Lincoln was like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. It's been a while. And, you know, they're standing in front of the Ford Theater and he's like, you know, I'm finally going to be able to relax. I'm going to see this play. And Papa Lemon knew what was going to happen once he got to the Ford Theater, but he couldn't say anything to him. And Papa Lemon just gave him a nice nod, like, wow, I hope you enjoy your your day, you know, but knowing what was going to happen to Abe Lincoln in the Ford Theater. So like little lessons I put in there so so the kids can go back and read another book on Abraham Lincoln. He was going through a lot of depression. (laughs) Oh, that's very powerful. And, you know, I just want to reiterate, number one, how fascinating it is to me that you used your grandfather as the inspiration here. So you've talked about how formative he was for you and your cousin, um, what a great role model he was, and now he's being a role model to all these other kids in a different way. And then also, yep. yeah, I just want to commend you on the way that you've used racial diversity in your book series. And yeah, I just wanted to thank you for appearing on Express Yourself today. It was a fantastic conversation. Um, unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment, but I do want to thank you again, of course, for coming on to discuss your work. Um, audience, make sure to find more about find out more about Lehman at his website, papalemonedu.com, his Twitter, where he is at papalemonbooks, his Facebook, where he is papalemonchildrens books, and his Instagram, where he is papalemonbooks as well. And make sure to also stick around for more Express Yourself. I'm Joven Hundle. And I'm Jack Palacos. Visit www.bethestarur.org and expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about Express Yourself and Be The Star You Are. This has been another segment of Express Yourself Teen Radio. Make sure to keep listening as we continue our discussion on The Gift of Optimism. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring show, my name is Jack Palacos, and now we will be continuing our theme highlighting the gifts of optimism. And I'm Jolyn Hundle. For this segment, we are thrilled to be inviting back our excellent Express Yourself reporter, Kenneth John, and his segment, 2020 Vision. Take it away, Kenneth. Hello, guys. Uh, today, I'm just going to go simple and talk about today's central theme for 2020 Vision, and that is optimism, in relation to one of my favorite movies ever, The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So when I think about the word optimism, the first movie that pops up in my head is this one. Um, If you've seen it, there's a good chance that you might find that connection strange, but completely fitting at the same time. It's like the happiest sad movie you'll ever see. Most of it is drenched in an atmosphere of cold isolation and loss, but at its core, there's an oddly uplifting message for its audience. It's like a ball of happiness, completely surrounded by depressing moods and comments. Uh, The perfect scenario where the true nature of optimism can shine through. 
So for a brief interview, the movie is essentially a romance. Its plot revolves around the shy and mild-mannered Joel in the aftermath of a chaotic breakup with his ex-girlfriend Clementine. After discovering that Clementine has erased all her memories of Joel with a science fiction procedure on her mind, he opts to do the same thing. The middle two-thirds of the movie take place in a colorful depiction of Joel's mind as he sleeps, with his subconscious self hopping from memory to memory and gradually coming to regret its decision and learn to appreciate its past experiences for what they are. And what really sets this apart from other romances and other movies is its almost cruel bluntness. Joel is really a depressing character. He's directionless, bored, and his opening narration reveals a life of crippling social anxiety and low self-esteem. Clementine, with her zany nature and brightly colored hair, is kind of endearing for a second before her weirdness starts to just become grating. They're both quirky and relatable when they meet in the first few minutes of the movie, but that quickly fades. After the intro, we're immediately thrust into a scene of Joel crying his eyes out as he drives on the road, and the movie begins. Uh, we see that the two are quite selfish and thoughtless. They constantly criticize and complain about each other, each going to hate the other for the qualities they originally fell in love with. And the side character is the same, if not worse. Almost every relationship between them is based on mistrust or a false sense of security. The most wholesome and healthy one is a marriage filled with bickering. And as a sad cherry on top, the entire movie is gray and blue, the sky is always overcast, if not downright pouring rain. There's a feeling of bleakness in each scene. But why I like this is that the big takeaway from all this is that life sucks and people sucks. Yeah, a real optimistic message, but it's what it is, and it's not really that wrong. Life can and will put all of us in some really messed up situations sometimes. Everyone is a flawed person, and we all act like a jerk sometimes, whether we actually want to hurt someone or not. But that's not the driving point of the movie. It shows you the hard, sad, and mean experience that is life. Of course, there are many happy moments that fill us with joy and satisfaction, but sooner or later, something will come up and it'll ruin your day, week, month, or year. And we all make mistakes. We all hurt the people in our lives, and we all get hurt by the people in our lives at some point or another. And the movie asks, what are you going to do with that information? All of the characters do horrible things, but you don't really hate them all that much. Their actions come from a place of pure loneliness, ignorance, or want to protect someone's feelings. Nobody's truly malicious, so there's no real villain, just people, like in real life. So in the end, Joel and Clementine both have their memories wiped and become complete strangers to each other. The film loops back around, and we learn that their interaction at the beginning of the movie is actually the second time they meet for the first time. History seems like it's going to repeat itself, but an upset employee of the company that offered the mind wipes uh, releases all the private confessions that their clients made as part of the mind erasing procedure, including Joel and Clementine's complaints about each other. And they're both deeply hurt by the other's attacks on their core beliefs and characteristics, but after a heavy argument, they get together. And what happens is, they know they are flawed people, they have literally been told they will end up hateful of each other, yet they still decide to spend their time together. And the final shot shows the two playfully running down the beach they visit so often throughout the movie. It repeats three times as the film fades to white. It's a memory that will replay in their minds forever. And even if Joel and Clementine aren't able to learn from their mistakes, they both have that everlasting piece of happiness that will stay within through their troubles. The journey that produces the memory will be worth it, even if that journey leads to heartbreak. And there's a kind of security in accepting that rockiness of life. It doesn't matter that life can be bad, since that badness is kind of inevitable. Make the best out of your happy moments, and they will get you through uh, as they replay, replay in your mind. And at the end, when Joel goes back to his memory of Clem for the very first time as his mind is wiped, she says, this is it, Joel. It's going to be gone soon. He replies, I know. She asks, what do we do now? To which he says, enjoy it. Wow, that's very interesting. Yeah, as somebody who hasn't ever seen this film before, I'm definitely going to have to add it to my list after that um, segment. And so I wanted to ask you then, so the title of the film, The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, so why do you think that title was chosen? Oh, so, well, they reference it in the movie, and I think it's really great. So it's based off of a poem. Um, I'm not really, I don't have the poem memorized or anything, but it's basically along the lines of just, uh, I guess, ignorance is bliss, right? The eternal sunshine of the spotless mind is kind of saying um, eternal happiness is like an empty mind. And it kind of, I guess, presents that initial situation that the film then subverts at the end, saying that, no, you should be able to see life for what it is, the good and the bad, and that's when you can truly appreciate everything. So, 
I don't know. I think it's kind of a good, uh, I guess, encapsulator for what the movie throws at you at the end. Yeah, for sure. And the movie clearly is conveying like just a really heavy message and an important theme. So why do you think that, like of all of the genres of a movie that the writers could have chosen, why do you think they chose a romance to deliver the message? Well, I think a romance was what the you know the directors and the writers focused on because I guess love is a very universal experience. Like pretty much almost everyone kind of goes through uh, that kind of weird experience with love for another person and it's barely ever like easy and so I think that's kind of the perfect emotion and the perfect scenario to kind of highlight that weird instability of life and um, yeah the happiness and the sadness that comes with it. Interesting yeah um, you know so my English class this past year we it was all about the like the techniques and the stylistic devices behind the writing itself so not you know necessarily the message itself but all the small little things that the writers included has done to enhance the message's effect on the reader and so sort of on a similar line of thought i wanted to ask you know are there any um you know technical aspects or anything else in this movie that sort of help support the theme um well one big thing i think is the editing is kind of amazing in that well, one, it's very, I guess, pioneering and unique uh, in the kind of style it uses. Um, and it's very great for kind of translating that message of like exploring the mind and exploring duality and instability. What basically happens a lot is scene transitions will kind of happen uh, very uh, fluidly and naturally. Like one character will kind of move through a doorway and it's a completely different setting and they just kind of make it look like they're walking from one room to like halfway across the world uh, just through editing. And I think that kind of, uh, I guess, shows the link between different things in your mind and different ideas and different emotions really well and how they all kind of flow together. And yeah, I think that really highlights the message at the end. Yeah, that's definitely, I, I think a movie is a really good way too to kind of convey that sort of message because, uh, you know, they can really control the expressions on the character's face and how they deliver messages. But unfortunately, this is all the time that we have today. So thank you so much for appearing on the show today, Kenneth. And we always love to hear your takes on different themes. And with that, um, we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, and Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world and our listeners for making us a top-rated program. I'm Jack Palacos. And I'm Jovan Hundle. You've been listening to Ex- Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more info about our efforts, go to our main site at bethestarur.org. And until next week, remember, be optimistic, be positive, be generous, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself